Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be here. Today, I want to talk about how emotions create patterns in your life and how you can create new ones. So this episode was inspired by something that happened with my daughter, which was a beautiful and kind of scary representation of this in action. Okay, so here I'm going to be exposing... (laughs) How forgetful I can be as a mom too, but you know, whatever it takes to get the lesson across. So at Aaliyah's school, as I'm sure with most schools, there's lunch order, which means from a Wednesday to a Friday, you can order from this menu in their canteen and then whatever you order gets delivered to your child and all the orders are put together and there's a paper bag and it has your child's name on it. So Aaliyah goes to her dad's on a Thursday and sometimes she wants a lunch order for the Friday. However, sometimes I'm busy with Luca, etc. And one week, I think it was last week, I forgot to place her lunch order. So she texted me on the Thursday and was like, mom, I want a lunch lunch order. And I was like, no problem, babe. And it wasn't until just before lunch started that I was working and I just, it popped in my head. I never ordered Aaliyah's lunch. And typically, obviously she's front of mind when I'm packing her lunch in the morning, when she's with me and she asks me for a lunch order, of course it makes sense. But because I was probably doing something when she texted the night before, it slipped my mind. Okay. So then I'm frantically calling Dan, who is at the park with Luca. I probably had some calls lined up. I'm not really sure what I was doing that day, but I wasn't able to get to her school. So I called the school and we're we're trying to get some food to her. So anyway, Dan being the amazing man he is, he drops everything, goes, picks her up his beautiful lunch and then drops it to her school. But by that time, she had already realized that she didn't have a lunch order and she was very upset that she didn't have a lunch order. but she didn't tell her teacher that she didn't receive her lunch order or that she didn't have her lunch. So this was something she kept between her and her friends, but she was very upset about it. And then a lunch was brought to her, the one that Dan brought to her, and she was able to eat it later. I spoke to her teacher and said, could she still have her lunch, etc. Okay. So that happened one time. Okay. And we're ordering lunch orders for her, you know, like at least once or twice a month because she has very specific things that she likes and it's my preference not to, but she loves it. So then last night in the car, she said to me as we were driving, she's like, mom, you know, like when I got lunch order on Friday and now this is now a successful lunch order later, (laughs) you know, I only forgot ever the one time. 
Uh, she said, you know, I saw the lunch orders come in and I saw my name. And she's like, but I had this feeling inside me like my lunch order wasn't there. And I looked at Dan and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect example of how trauma works and how completely irrational it is. So even when she sees her lunch order, she's nervous that it's not there. It sounds so ludicrous, but I guarantee you there's areas in your life, my life, everybody's life where this happens. So Basically, this is an example of how trauma is stored in the body and how we repeat patterns until we choose to break them. You know the saying that time heals all wounds? Absolutely not. Absolutely false. Time ingrains wounds even deeper. Time cements patterns. Doesn't break them. So we need to remember that 95 to 97% of what we do every day is an autopilot. It's coming from our subconscious, which in many instances was formed before our prefrontal cortex, i.e. our executive brain was formed because that's not fully formed until we're about 25 to 28. So I want you to think about how outdated some of your beliefs are and how they may be holding you back. And it's in fact these old beliefs where you weren't working with a full, fully functioning brain, that is why you're lacking the confidence, you're living in fear, in scarcity, etc. It's because you never examined why you think and live the way that you do. Most of this was caught from our parents. Okay, our parents lived a certain way and we repeat those patterns. So many women that I coach are like, I can't believe I'm living the pattern like my mom. I always hated that my mom did XYZ and now I'm doing XYZ because it was picking up these patterns when you were programmable, those first seven years, those foundational years, where your brain absorbed everything. It's just completely literal. So it witnessed, it observed everything your parents were doing. It's like, okay, imprinting that, imprinting that, imprinting that. So now as an evolved adult, I want you to ask, are your parents living the lives that you want? And if not... It's time to choose different beliefs and emotions. Now, in regards to emotions, there's a second point that I want to make, and it's that our emotions are only hurting ourselves. Oftentimes, I hear of people, especially when they've gone through significant trauma, is they say, I can't forgive this person because what they did was unforgivable. And to that, I respond. First of all, I understand how you feel that way. Totally hear you. But the forgiveness is for you, not for the other person. So I like to live by the saying of forgive them even if they're not sorry. You don't have to wait for an apology to decide to forgive someone. 
because you might be waiting all your life. The reality is some people will never wake up. Some people will never be aware that what they did was wrong. Or they just may never be willing to admit it. But you holding on to that resentment is only prolonging your peace. And you deserve to feel peace. That forgiveness is so that you can have peace in your heart. At the end of the day, that person, especially if they have no remorse of them doing something to you, the fact that you're feeling resentful, it has zero impact on them. The fact that you're putting your body in dis-ease has no impact on them. Chronic anger or resentment puts you into your fight or flight mode which impacts your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your immune system. So here's another um, personal share. I went through something that really put me into fight or flight three or four days ago, like heightened levels. And wouldn't you know that then I started not feeling well after because it literally destroys your immune system. And that's why this somatic work is so important because any time that we go through a trauma or where you have an elevated emotion, your body takes a snapshot and like hold on to that. And your brain takes an environmental like inventory of like what's around at that time to know what to do if it happens again. And this is why we often have irrational fears and we live in scarcity and all of that because your brain, remember going back to many years ago when you were a child, that's when that initial trauma likely happened. And so your brain in its infancy worked with what it had, looked around and came to the only conclusions that it was able to at that time and oftentimes was not accurate at all. And then did what it could, did it did its job to keep you safe. Okay? Because most of these patterns were established in childhood, and now we need to question how well they're working for us. So I want you to ask yourself two questions, okay? Number one is who do I need to forgive? Now, forgiveness doesn't have to be someone who really hurt you, a teacher that criticized you or belittled you, a parent that abused you, a grandparent that that did this or that. It's those big things, yes, choosing to let go, choosing to forgive, choosing to see even from their perspective. For example, I'll use myself again. So... I chose to forgive my mom for what she subjected us to uh, when we were children. And then I also chose to forgive my dad what he did to us when we were children. So this was quite a journey to get to there. But when I could see it from their perspective, right? Not knowing them, not speaking to them. I had to, you know, really get into my heart and be like, what was their perspective? So from my mom's perspective, how I perceived her was like, wow, how wounded 
do you have to be to allow your children to be abused in front of you? Like, what trauma did she go through and how weak and disempowered must she have felt in that moment to not protect her children? Okay, now... Again, this is my choice to forgive. I don't know all of the dynamics. Maybe she did and I wasn't there to see it. Maybe she did protect us, but I also know he was abusing her. Now, let's go over to my dad, right? Again, many people would say what he did was unforgivable. But again, the forgiveness is for me because I deserve peace. So I, how I perceive my dad is very similar. What trauma did he go through to then project that trauma onto his own innocent little children toddlers at the like at the time so i think about the wounded little child that he is on the inside like what trauma did did he experience what abuse did he experience and it doesn't make it right but it allows me to forgive now that's big stuff but what about the little resentments you're holding towards a business partner or towards an old friend or a family member that said something that you didn't like or they criticized you or they didn't acknowledge you or they didn't support you. And those are little tiny resentments that you hold on to. Now, I'm an advocate of taking note. I'm someone that takes note. I'm like, right, got you. Like, I'm someone who I recognize when there's like a lack of reciprocation or a lack of support, but you know, I've been in this work so long that I'm like, Mars, don't you dare, (laughs) don't you go into a pattern of resentment. You let that go. And I really try to go into their um, perspective and be like, maybe they can't support me because of this. And like, what are they going through to have that perspective? So it's the big ones and it's also the small ones. Who do you need to forgive? And then literally write it out. Like you were writing to them. Like, Uncle Tom, I forgive you for saying blah. Cousin Annabelle, I forgive you for blah. Lady at the store, (laughs) I forgive you for that. Because this is how we keep ourselves energetically clear and we keep our emotions high, okay? And then the second question is, and this is probably the best question of all, is what do I believe to be true that isn't? Now that sounds like a weird question and this is huge because it's basically asking us to bring to the conscious what is subconscious like what are the what do we believe on a subconscious level that we consciously know to be true for example on a subconscious level do you believe that relationships are hard because all you did was see your parents fight and then someone cheated on that person and that person left that person and so subconsciously because you were six at the time you're like oh okay relationships are hard and and so you have this subconscious belief but you know that that's not actually true. Or maybe you have a subconscious belief that money is bad because your parents were always fighting about money or maybe they criticized very wealthy people, etc. And the reason that we want to ask this question is because it makes us question our subconscious 
beliefs because we cannot change what we do not acknowledge. We have to be willing to see those beliefs for what they are. And here's the other tip with this as well is sometimes people, when I ask people to do this, they're like, nothing. I, I, I know what my beliefs are. I don't have any. And then if you're getting that kind of resistment, resistance when you're doing this, what I suggest is you then ask yourself, okay, if I were to be super critical, what could I believe? What are some limiting beliefs that I have heard of around relationships? What are some limiting beliefs that I've heard about money, success, about being a woman? Because those ones are so deeply rooted that sometimes we don't even, we're like so far detached. We're like, no way. But there's a huge cohort of women. I'd probably say almost 100% that we have some low level, deeply rooted, very subconscious beliefs about how we are inferior because we are women and we don't know in which ways that it's impacting our life. So what if we could just write out the general stereotypes or limiting beliefs you've heard other people say so that you can consciously scratch them out and write an empowering belief that you want to believe instead. Now, of course, this work is much deeper and we go very deep into this inside of the Emotional Intelligence Academy. I'll drop the link below, but this is a great place to start so that you can become aware of your limiting beliefs, emotions, and somatic patterns so you can begin to change them. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.